Colossians 1.23 Ministering to the emptiness in Christ's body, which is the church, hoping God was resurrected. Colossians 1.23 If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. 1 Peter 1, 2-5, King James Version. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Of what value are you? Has God kept back your value from you? Colossians 1, 25-29 in the King James Version whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can the value of the hope of glory, which is Christ in you, be measured by every creature under heaven. Before you attempt to answer that, have your reason for your hope. As you do, the Spirit of God will minister to you the evidence of a lively hope. God never boxed you in. He boxed Satan and sin out. Spiritual anyone, not natural everyone. 1 Peter three fifteen through 22 in the King James Version. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Colossians 1, 25-29 continued, Whom we preach warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. What did your pastor teach you about living in Christ Jesus? 1 Peter three fifteen through 22 continued. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing, than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the saints in prison, which sometime were disobedient disobedient unto death prior to Christ's coming. Noah died obedient, yet before Christ, 
Death could not hold Noah. 1 Peter 3, 15 through 22 continued. Which sometime ye were disobedient. Excuse me. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing. Your Bible is your 21st century ark. Wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. A different type of superstition. Acts 17.3 But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul in Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. Points of interest. They knew. Had knowledge. The Apostle Paul, also being a Jew, did not act thoughtlessly. He got his thoughts together before he acted. Acts 18.18 And Paul after this tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Centria, for he had a vow. Let me tell you about this different type of superstition. The Jews of Thessalonica with a shorn head to defend the word of God they knew, traveled a distance to another town. The use of the word also tells us today they had done this at least once before. That shows a sense of determination. But catch this part. The spirit of darkness was so strong, they overlooked all their physical efforts. This different type of superstition killed Christ. How to kill a spirit? Jesus was a man. Christ is the spirit of God. The word of God cannot ever be divided. The one preaching and the ones in opposition to the preaching of the word of God both had enough knowledge to have a shorn head, a decided thought about the word of God, to act upon the word of God. Question. Then what is it in the spirit of darkness that gave strength to the opposition of the same word of God? Let me tell you about this different type of superstition. Remember the servant of the high priest in St. Luke 22.50? His healing wasn't enough to rid him of this different type of superstition. If you will note, superstition is not a physical action. It is a mental action, a thought, if you will. A thought that possesses the power to cause a person to perform a physical action. Point of interest number two. They stirred up the people. 
You cannot stir up people who have shorn their heads in like fashion. You can stir up people with double minds, people that are not sure or not shorn about their vow to believe the Word of God, all of the Word of God. Only sin can divide two people knowledgeable about the same Word of God. Are two churches in your town disagreeing yet possessing the same Word of God? Then sin is present some, in some form or fashion. Doctrine can never be greater than God. God the Christ, which we know and possess because of Jesus the man's obedience to the Father God, and God the Holy Spirit, which is Christ's part as our Messiah. That's how God came to know his creation. Let me tell you about this different type of superstition. God's word never lets you put your desires in front of his desires for his creation. Not even in the business of spreading the gospel. There's the sin of lasciviousness. Going beyond the word of God for God's creation. This is a true story about trust. I really don't think about this much because it really didn't surprise me much. I went to discuss a business arrangement once and the parties involved decided to test my trustworthiness. They turned on the intercom and held a conversation in hopes that I would, and I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, I don't give it much thought. And after all this time, tell them it was on. They really wanted me to tell them it was on. That's the perception they gave me. Honestly, I wanted them to trust me. And I don't really remember if I told them or not, honestly. Honestly, I would not have today. I would have just blocked out the conversation. You may argue that it would be impossible for me to do that. I would quickly rebut that you don't know how to mind your own business. One important note for the Christian. If you have a habit of helping God out with the outcome of your situation, you will never be able to trust another human being. If the non-Christian even gets a whiff of your lack of trust in God, your testimony would be better off in the form of a silent repentance, ministering to the emptiness in Christ's body, which is the church. Hope in God was resurrected. Colossians 1.23 If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. 1 Peter 1, 2-5, King James Version. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, 
ready to be revealed in the last time. Of what value are you? Has God kept back your value even from you? Colossians 1, 25-29, King James Version. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, even the ministry, excuse me, even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can the value of the hope of glory, which is Christ in you, be measured by every creature under heaven? Before you attempt to answer that, have your reason for your hope. As you do, the Spirit of God will minister to you the evidence of a lively hope. God never boxed you in. He boxed Satan and sin out. Spiritual anyone. Not natural everyone. 1 Peter 3, 15-22 in the King James Version. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Colossians 1, 25-29 continued, Whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his workings, which worketh in me mightily. What did your pastor teach you about living in Christ Jesus? 1 Peter three fifteen through 22 continued. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, disobedient unto death to Christ's coming. Noah died obedient yet before Christ. Death could not hold Noah. 1 Peter 3, 15-22 in the King James Version continued, Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing. Your Bible is your 21st century ark, wherein is few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. As I said my blessing over my meal for dinner today, 
I was instantly caught up in the spirit and shown a picture of the continental United States. It had a blaze of fire around the edge of its borders as if the spirit of God had put his spirit around its edges. After I got up this morning, I wanted to do so many things. For as usual, there are so many things that don't really require much effort, but we can't help but place so much emphasis on until we justify our decision to put it off again. Anyway, after I decided with the Lord's help, I'm sure, that I needed to do something, I did. I made some coffee and turned on my TV to catch a minister friend of mine. As he prayed on a pre-recorded broadcast, that same timeless Spirit of God went to work. Only I caught something in my brother's voice. He's taking a stand against an enemy. I know it's not just Satan. This enemy has a face to my brother. Two plus two is still four. Watch how God is going to place my brother in a position that he cannot be used by his enemy nor nullified by his enemy's equation. When someone reaches the point to where they're, and I am going to paraphrase this so that the content does not get lost when it hits the natural ear. Culmination of current events manifests itself in the words. One of these days, or something to that effect. Watch out. No, not that you have got their dander up, or you have pushed them to the last limit, and they are going to retaliate in the natural. You forgot something. As most of the enemies of the one God do, he has to step into the Spirit of God to allow God to defend his word. Jesus did it, and he never left his natural body. He said, And now I am no more in this world, but these are in this world, and I come to you, Father. This particular brother went and got him some dead folk. When I saw that, I knew someone was attacking his ministry. You can't argue against dead folk. They have already crossed over, and their work for God has been sealed by the timelessness of God. It has a power all its own once you are dead in Christ. Uh-oh. You may be saying to yourself that dead in Christ is a phrase often used to identify living Christians and their walk in Christ among other living human beings. You got that right, but check this out. I can't believe I missed this the first time. I actually placed it in one of the magazine issues even after sealing it in my memory by rote repetition. I have said it and written this so many times, and I truly believe I was taught it exactly the way I know it in my knower. However, I found something in my father's old King James Version of the Holy Bible that he gave me when he replaced it with his newer one. To see this thing, the pages are falling out and he needed a new one. Oh, but I am so glad he didn't throw this one out, at least before I found this. You know the faith declaration, I am a believer, I am not a doubter, I do have faith, my faith works, my faith is in God the Father, my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, my faith is in the Holy Bible, the Word of God, God's Word is true, I believe the Word of God. 
Here is what I've been leaving out. The key declaration right before I declare that God's word works. Therefore, I believe God. Did you catch that? You believe God. You believe God. It sounds so simple. But you believe God. Everybody can't say that. Don't take that too lightly. Right after you declare everything about you and your life in Christ, do you realize you believe God? I can't help what your friends, family, and neighbors don't believe. I believe God. Do you know you believe God? No, I can't help what your fellow citizens believe. Do you realize you believe God? This is a part of a study that the Lord has taken me on. It is very seldom that I take the time to intentionally comment on a partial study. In fact, I really can't ever recall ever doing so. However, this time I have a stronger prompting by the Spirit of God to do so. The one thing that rings consistently in this study is the question of a habit or practice of doing something. Without going too far off of the study I am currently undertaking, Look at St. John chapter 5. Now, if you are a pastor of a congregation of our modern Christian religious times, ask yourself this question. Are we structured or structuring our services on Sunday morning as well as throughout the week? Did we remain free enough to allow the Spirit of God to flow? Meaning, Sundays are for worshiping. Tuesday is healing service, Wednesday is prayer meeting, Thursday is Bible study, Friday or Saturday is their choir rehearsal, etc. Look out in your congregation next Sunday. What if that was the day the Lord told the person to show up for healing and the very structure of your services leaves them not knowing how to proceed? If the Lord sent them, they should know to ask one of our deacons or parishioners, you might say. And if the Lord doesn't lead them to, then I am not responsible to feel guilty or anything, you might say. What? Okay, I'll make it a little easier. Just say they need someone to pray with them on Sunday morning, in a personal setting. What? No, I am not trying to bring conviction to your life. That requires the Spirit of God. Are you binding the Spirit of God? Have you gotten so neat and tidy in your service to God that God can't work? I don't want to know the answer. The evidence in the lives of the sheep is the answer enough for anyone walking according to the Word of God. I'll tell you this much by the Spirit of God. I perceive that the body of Christ is too neat and tidy for God to reach everyone that he desires. How can that be if there is evidence of sin? Sin became neat and tidy. I'm somewhat anxious in a good way to see how the Lord is going to finish my study of habit or practice. I smell freedom from sin coming. Freedom is the ability 
to be responsible. Question. Why didn't Jesus tell the lame man at Bethesda to be concerned with not sinning anymore when he healed him? Jesus was the best opportunist there ever was or ever will be. First, the man would have been falsely dependent on the presence of Jesus Christ in the natural when Jesus was preparing the way for the Spirit of God. The 21st century ark was a preparing. Think not. They had developed a habit of waiting on the angel to trouble the water before they were healed. They stepped over each other for that healing. They had made the pool into the brazen serpent. Think about it. The angel was fine. The pool was fine for a time. That time was until the Spirit of God shows up. I guarantee you the Pharisees had created an atmosphere of charging for the services at the pool. Think not. Was the water troubled on the Sabbath? I doubt it. I don't know. However, I know God. And Jesus was the best opportunist there ever was or will be. He showed up when he was going to beat Satan completely. Think about it. The Pharisees could not have said one thing if Jesus showed up on a non-Sabbath day and performed the healing. I didn't call it a miracle. The angel and the troubling of the water had grown to be the expected miracle and was about to become an idol. You don't know that, you say? Did the Pharisees try to kill Jesus for doing what the angel at the pool of Bethesda did or not? The innocent never get punished by God. Jesus didn't show up to punish the Pharisees. He showed up to heal you. I told you this was going to be a good study. Habit or practice? Go study that for yourself. I'm glad I am.